I say the most important thing to have in place is have something new, whether that's new music or a new video or you're going on tour or maybe you're not going on tour, but you just have a ton of like local shows or gigs that you're doing, uh, whatever it may be, have something happening for you as an artist. Um, the worst thing is, is when an artist comes to me and they say, I want publicity, I want to do PR. And I ask them, I'm like, okay, well, like, what are you doing? Are you playing shows? Do you have any music? And they're like, no, I just, I just make music, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I need something to pitch. You know, your publicist needs something to talk about. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, hey, this is Brie Noble, and you are tuned in to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by my free Musician's Profit Path Masterclass, the five-stage blueprint for creating massive growth in your fan base and sustainable income for your music career. If you feel overwhelmed by everything you think you need to do for your music career, or you've watched other musicians and tried to do what they're doing, but it hasn't worked for you, well, don't worry. That's why I created the five stages of music career growth. So you can figure out where you're at right now, learn exactly what you should be focusing on and what you shouldn't be focusing on so you don't waste time and money. I also give you benchmarks to reach in several key areas like live performing, fan base growth, social media, recording, and more. So join me for my free masterclass, The Musician's Profit Path, over at musiciansprofitpath.com. Free classes are running every day, so go register at musiciansprofitpath.com. Today, we are talking all things promotion and PR with Don Jones of Pressed PR. I try to bring on a PR agent several times per year just to get different perspectives on the best way to do PR, uh, how to choose a PR agent when you're ready for one, or if you should be trying to do these things yourself and how you can do them. Um, I have my opinions on that, and we talk about it um, in my interview with Don, but uh, it's just really helpful to get the perspective from a PR agent themselves so you can know kind of what you should be looking for and why you would want to use a PR agent. So we talk about all things press, all things um, promoting your tours and promoting your releases, how to get the attention of press, everything you need to know. So here is a little bit about my guest, Don Jones. Don Jones is the founder of Pressed PR, a promotions and public relations company that exclusively represents independent artists. Her experience as an independent musician herself has helped her to understand the business behind music and how that affects your path in the music industry. Don believes that intentional and personal public relations will take you far as an artist and strives to help artists to learn how to implement effective marketing strategies for their brand and music. So here is my interview with Don Jones. 
So that's a little bit about Don Jones. So Don, is there anything about you that's maybe a little bit interesting, quirky, unique, that's not in your bio that you think our listeners should know? Uh, well, currently I am living the dream in Hawaii. My oh. husband is stationed here in the military, so we're loving island life. Um, but yeah, I just, I love playing music as well. I don't just do PR. I play the fiddle and I've, I've played in several bands and, and do a lot in, in that world. Um, so it, it's, it's really easy for me to relate to all the musicians I work with because I'm a musician too. So it's a lot of fun and it's what I like to do in my spare time. That's really cool. And I love that you live in Hawaii. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So where in Hawaii? Oh, I'm on Oahu. We were living okay. in Kailua for a little while. So okay. yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> nice. nice. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in music and then kind of from there, how you moved into PR. Yeah. So I got started in music really as a kid. Um, my family, we grew up with horses and we did a lot of horse shows and things like that. And I remember this one particular horse show that we went to, they had this band come and perform for all the competitors after the show. And they had a fiddle player. And that's kind of where I discovered the fiddle and realized that I wanted to play and uh, really started my interest in music uh, was there. And I told my dad, I was like, I really want to play the fiddle. And of course my dad was like, well, why don't you learn the piano first? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I ended up taking piano for a long time and finally started playing fiddle when I was about 13. And yeah, from there, I just, I fell in love with the craft and the art of it. And, um, I got really involved with FFA. I don't know if you're familiar with that program. Yeah. We have that at our high school. Yeah. So I got really involved with that, um, in high school and they, our program had a string band. They don't have it in every state, but um, in ours they did. And it just taught me, that's where I learned about what it's like to be in a band and what it's like to play with other people and not just in your bedroom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, just learned, I learned a lot of musicianship and skills uh, from my experience playing with that band. Um, and we, that's cool. And in what yeah. state did you grow up? Alabama. Okay. So yeah, they, they have a really cool string band program there in the FFA. And it actually, the FFA gave us a lot of opportunities uh, to perform for large crowds, which just, you know, was like the music bug bit me then mm -hmm. uh, totally, you know, when you get in front of a big crowd and, and you get that adrenaline going and uh, we just had some really cool experiences opening up for like country artists like Sarah Evans and mm -hmm. Rodney Atkins and when you're in that environment, it's just like, it's just crazy. This crazy feeling that you get being on stage. And once you feel it once, you, you can't go back. That is so true. <laughs> so that's kind of, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got the bug for the music industry. And from that point, I knew I wanted to work in the music industry, but I wasn't quite sure how. I think like every artist or musician, I kind of envisioned myself performing. But as I was in college and going through a music business program, I saw all these other opportunities and kind of fell in love with PR. Um, I did a lot of other things. I did session work and performing and gigging and touring and, you know, all the stuff that goes with being a musician that you typically think of. But I also got to explore a little bit more of the business side. Um, I interned for a band while in college for three years. And... I learned a lot of hands-on experience 
about publicity and promotions and their tour support. They were very actively touring. And so I did a lot of promotional work for them. And that's kind of how I fell into the PR side of things. And, and so after college, I figured that's more of what I wanted to do was focus on that and, you know, continue my musicianship on the side. But I really, I just fell in love with the business aspect and, you know, the business mind of working in PR, but also getting to be super hands-on with music at the same time. Now, when you were interning with the band, did they like teach you the ropes or were they kind of like, we don't know how to do PR, <laughs> we're bringing you in and you figure it out? Uh, they, they knew a lot. They were very DIY musicians and had done most of the work uh, to get to where they were at at the time themselves. Um, and they also had an institute um, where they taught other musicians. So they were very experienced, so to speak, in the industry. And they taught me a lot. Um, they just didn't have the time to do it. And so that's kind of where I came in. And they were like, we need you to do this because we're so busy touring that we don't have time. So they kind of taught me the ropes of the general aspects of promotions and publicity. And, and of course, I studied it in school as well. Um, once I knew that I was interested in that, I started taking more courses to really learn in depth. But uh, yeah, they, they were so helpful in, in helping me get started on that path for sure. That's cool. It's really cool that you got some hands-on experience with a band who'd actually been yeah. doing Or a lot of people just get that schooling and then they're like thrown out into the real world and trying to figure out how this yeah. actually applies <laughs> to the real world, right? And it's so different. It's just so different. I feel like, honestly, I use more of what I learned hands-on uh, in my day-to-day -day business than I do. You know, school is great for teaching me the basics and for teaching me you know, the rules and the, the formats and all of that thing, those things. But I really, I feel like most of my experience and knowledge just comes from having experienced it firsthand. Yeah, I think that's true about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so I'm wondering if you have any stories, like either from working with that band or working, helping other artists build their fan base and their career that could kind of inspire our listeners you know, some really, some cool things that you did, you know, with maybe finding, helping them find their audience or how to get, you know, how they got listeners or, you know, how to target the right people, that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Um, what's really cool about PR is that it, it kind of encompasses everything that you just said. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little bit of branding. It's a little bit of marketing. It's a little bit of promotions. And it's all wrapped up into this one package that people call PR, public relations. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the biggest thing that I like to share with artists and people that are you know, maybe interested in PR but aren't quite sure is that you should definitely know that it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. A lot of people come to me and they expect you know, instant fame. And it's definitely not that. It's definitely building a buzz over time and that leads to greater opportunities. Um, the people that I've been working with since the start of my business, they it's just so cool to get to see them grow as artists and performers and get bigger and bigger opportunities. Um, I have a band that I worked with that they just got to... They got listed in this big festival that they've been trying to get in for a couple of years and you know, they've had a lot of PR over the last year that has helped them kind of get noticed by the area that they're in and create that buzz. And they were finally able to land that festival. So they're super excited. And um, some other artists I know are, are opening up for people that they've admired for a long time. And mm -hmm. it's just because people are talking about them now and hearing about the music and the things they're doing. 
So, I mean, it helps. It definitely helps. You just have to know that it's a marathon and it might take a while. These artists have been working on this for, you know, at least a year or two just with constant PR and pitching and talking to publications and, you know, creating that buzz. I think that's a really good point. And, uh, you know, people tend to think like I should be able to build this so quickly. But I mean, if you look at traditional businesses, it takes years to build a stable business. And somehow musicians think that they can just like become a household name in 90 days. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's because when you discover a new up and coming artist that seems to have hit it big, all you see is, you know, them making it and them hitting it big. You don't see the years of work that went into it before. And a lot of people miss out on that and don't know that process or don't realize that that's what they have to put in to get that, to get to that point that they're seeing all these other artists at. So yeah, it's definitely, I just, I try to harp on that to everyone that comes to me. I'm just like, you have to understand that it's a marathon and that you have to be in it, you know, for the long haul and and be willing to put in those hours and, and that time. Yeah, I totally agree. So if an artist is looking to get PR and thinking about maybe hiring you, like what should they have in place before they even come to you and think about doing a campaign? That's such a good question. Um, they should definitely, I say the most important thing to have in place is have something new, whether that's new music or a new video or you're going on tour or maybe you're not going on tour, but you just have a ton of like local shows or gigs that you're doing, uh, whatever it may be, have something happening for you as an artist. Um, the worst thing is, is when an artist comes to me and they say, I want publicity. I want to do PR. And I ask them, I'm like, okay, well, like, what are you doing? Are you playing shows? Do you have any music? And they're like, no, I just, I just make music, but that's it. (laughs) And I'm just like, I need something to pitch. You know, your publicist needs something to talk about. They can't just talk because these media outlets and publications, they literally get thousands of emails (laughs) from artists that are like the same as you are. And so it's so important to have something that makes you stand out. And if you don't have anything going on as an artist, then you're, you're just going to get bypassed by all these publications, no matter how hard your publicists will pitch you. Um, so I think the most important thing is having something going on with your music career. And, yeah. And I mean, maybe even if you don't have something new, maybe you come up with a new angle. Do you help them try right. to come up with kind of angles that they can approach? Oh, yeah. You with? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, for sure. Artists, I have some artists that have been with me for quite a while and it seems like they don't always have something new, but we come up with a new angle because they're still touring and performing. But after a while, you know, people get tired of saying, Oh, Hey, so-and-so is coming through your town. You know, you have to have something different. So I come up with, I come up with angles about their, their career as a musician. I have one client right now that she performs for two audiences. She performs for children and adults and it's two completely separate shows. And she's just really built her business as a musician. And uh, we're playing with different angles for her right now. So like things like that happen and, and you come up with new ways to pitch them and new ideas that might appeal to publications and outlets that are even outside of music, you know, like entrepreneur type publications or um, like local inspirational publications that talk about local people that are inspiring or built their business or whatever that may be. Um, being an artist is a business too. So, <laughs> you know, you can definitely pitch it on a, on a multitude of platforms. Yeah, for sure. And so do you, 
encourage them to like start locally and move out from there? Because I, I, I see some artists coming in and like, well, I don't want to pay for PR unless I'm going to get into, you know, CCM magazine or songwriter magazine or something big. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I see that a lot too, but I definitely, just from my experience and, and what I've seen being in the industry and, and talking to people and being a musician and all the experience I've had starting out local seems to be the best way to go just because it's a process. It's not like you can't just pitch yourself unless you're just this over the top, like super powerful artist that everyone notices immediately, which never happens. Uh, you have to like, you know, build the step ladder as you go. Yeah. You can't expect to jump to the top and be in all these top publications if you don't have anything to back it up with. Yeah. And I think too, like if you did get those, it would probably be wasted because you wouldn't be ready. Like right. doing a lot of interviews is really good practice for the oh, yeah. more, you know, the bigger ones. Oh yeah. You would be so nervous that you just <laughs> jump straight into one of those, but yeah, totally. And you know, local... Local publications, they, they may already know you from being around town, you know, things like that. And so they're more willing to be the first ones to write about you. It's really hard to get someone to write about an artist if nobody else has written about them or has shown interest in them. That's true. That's true. Yeah. You got to be kind of the first, find the first person. Right. And I've heard that a lot, like with me, with my Women of Substance radio, I've mm-hmm. had people come to me and say, you're the first person that took a chance on me. You're the first person that played my music and now yeah. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, yes, that's so good. Yeah. You know? yeah. You have to find that first person because a lot of people won't take the chance. So you have to, I think starting local just you know increases the odds of finding that first person that's willing to take a chance just because you know you're local and they, they want to talk about what's local too. So Yeah, very true. Yeah. So we recently, I recently um, brought someone in to, for my audience to have a branding workshop. And I found that like, wow, this was a hot topic. This is something that artists really <laughs> struggle with because I struggled with it when I was an artist. So I wanted to ask you, since you have experience with branding, you know, when helping them solidify, artists solidify their brand, like what are kind of the first steps that you start with to figure out how they should be branding themselves? I think the first thing that you should just keep in mind over the entire branding process is to make sure that your branding is cohesive. And when I say that, I mean like make sure it's cohesive across all platforms, that you're putting out the same image, that um, everything flows seamlessly. Because the worst thing that I see is when I go to research an artist or something and I see one platform, one social media platform they have, And then I go to the next one to check it out or I go to their website and it's completely different. It's completely different vibe. It's Mm. completely different styling. And then it makes me question who is this artist really? Are they the the person I saw on Instagram or are they the person I saw on their website? So I think cohesiveness is super important thing to, to consider when you're talking about branding. Um, Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that. But how do you even come up with that first idea of like, what is my cohesive brand going to be? That's a hard one. That's yep. a super hard one. Um, I've worked with some new artists that are literally just getting started. Like they've been recording music in their basement and they're like, I want to be an artist. How do I do that? And the first thing that I do with them is I sit down and I just chat with them for you know 30 minutes to an hour and get a really good understanding of who they are as a person, who, what their personality is like, you know, what their music is like, does that fit? Are they this like person with a personality of someone that's, you know, super vibrant and outgoing and 
you know, I don't know, just do they have one personality that fits a different type of music or is their personality fit their music, if that makes sense. Um, but I think if you're doing it yourself, the key is going to be finding your lane, finding what works for you and just sticking with it. Um, being honest, I, I see a lot of artists that try to be someone that they're not. And mm-hmm. I think that's the hardest thing to do. I think if you just be honest and you stick with the things that you like, then you'll find a group that likes that too. And fans that like, the, you know, like the same things you do. So I think yeah. just being honest with all of that. And, um, and I totally agree that. that authenticity is so important because people will see through you. Absolutely. Yeah, they definitely will. And that's almost, you know, the worst thing that you could do for your brand is have people look at it and say that that doesn't seem right or that doesn't seem honest. Um, Cause people, I mean, that's what they want. That's why social media has grown to what it is is because you have the opportunity to see people in their natural, you know, natural state, you have an opportunity to see their day-to-day lives and you want that to be real. You don't want that to be a fake experience. Yep. For sure. So another big question that I get all the time is how do artists determine who their audience is and how do they figure out how to find them? So I get a lot of people saying like, you know, I don't know like my demographic, my perfect demographic, or I don't know how to access my audience. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. I think a lot of people look to social media to access their audience or define their demographics because you have those nice little statistics, you know, waiting there for you. But I've, I have found that social media can be a bit deceiving mm-hmm. um, just because you have the whole follow for follow culture and like yeah. for like, and you don't know who's actually a fan or who's just doing it for the numbers. And um, if you're really new, you don't have any numbers to even look at. Exactly. Yeah. I think the best way honestly is to look at the people that come to your shows. I mean, look out at the audience and, and think to yourself, okay, what age group is most, pro, uh, most relevant at my shows? What age group am I singing to all the time? Um, is it mostly men? Is it mostly women? Is it a good mix? Look at things like that and, and engage. I think it's really cool when artists after the show go out and talk to their audience or mix and mingle and don't just barricade themselves in the green room. I think that's really cool. And I think it adds a lot of value to the artist because you're able to see what the audience likes, what they're into. Um, you can learn about, you know, where they came from or what brought them to you, like how they found out about you and incorporate that into your next tour. Like if they came from out of town, maybe you go to that town in your next tour and build a whole new fan following. Um, just, I think you can glean a lot of information from your audience if you're willing to engage in person. Oh, I totally agree. And yeah, I think we're, we're always doing research. Oh, absolutely. You know, you have to be intentional about thinking about asking the right questions and that kind of thing. Yes, totally. And I, I love the idea of artists having newsletters. Um, Mm -hmm. I know some artists are on the fence and some don't like it, but the band that I interned with for so long, they did a newsletter and they were able to learn a lot about their audience through that and, and grow their audience through that because, you know, they'd go out and they'd talk to their audience and they'd learn from them and engage with them and build these relationships with them and then add them to their newsletter. And then they would incorporate like the town that those people came from into their next tour and send out a newsletter and they would tell their friends and just build this whole kind of fan empire um, in these new towns. 
just from talking to people and just from like including people in new things that were coming up and where they were going to play next. So I think a newsletter could be really helpful for new artists too, just to keep fans engaged. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I always recommend my artists start building their, their email list. Yeah. So let me ask you this. This is a little bit of a, a, a tricky topic. And I know that you, you, know, you got started helping a touring band and all that. But I think nowadays, some artists think that they can just like do their thing and go online and be able to just get fans and sell their music online and never have to set foot on a stage. <laughs> and then you can just get them PR and all these fans will come to them and they'll never even have to perform. What, so what do you right. think about that? I, I don't think that's true at all. You're right. People do think that. And I have had people come to me that say, we've got this music, but we don't perform, we don't gig. And I'm like, okay, well, you need to start. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, just because it's all about that build. It, it kind of goes back to the last question. It's all about building that authentic relationship. If you're not performing or touring, the interest in your music is honestly going to die down. That new song isn't going to be so new in three weeks. There's going to be another new song and, and people are just going to lose interest. I think touring keeps you relevant. I think that's what keeps you in people's minds. It, it gives them something new from you to look forward to because your performance live might be different from what's recorded and, you know, they might really like that. Um, your energy live. I just, I think touring is one of the key elements of being an artist and it's so important to stay relevant. I so agree. And I think it just helps us remember why we love music. Like you were saying Absolutely. that first experience of like being on a major stage, like you, you're hooked, right? Yes, absolutely. Like if you, honestly, I don't understand how, if you're not getting that feeling and you're not performing, you know, I love making music in my bedroom too, but it, it's the feeling that I get on stage that is what keeps me going after it is what keeps me making music. Um, you know, that feeling is just as an artist, it's, there's nothing better. And I, think- I so agree. And the music industry is not easy. So no. you need something to keep pushing you and keep you going. And I think that that feeling, that connection that you have with a live audience is oh, yeah. one of those things. You definitely do. You need those good vibes to keep you pushing for the next thing. <laughs> yep. I know. So uh, on that note, like as far as touring, how can PR help you like even amplify what you're doing on a tour? I, I think it goes back to that saying that you hear, if a tree falls in the forest and no one is around to hear it, did it really fall? Hmm. I think it's the same thing with PR and touring. If you go out and you perform, but there's no one at your shows, does it even matter that you performed because you didn't have an audience? And PR is what is honestly what gets you that audience. If you're promoting your shows in any way, you're already doing PR. Um, it's just creating that buzz and making people aware, hey, I'm playing a show in so-and-so town, come see it. Um, it's just it's creating that buzz. It's making fans aware it's growing new fans it's getting people interested and and if no one's there to see your show then then it's not a success Uh, you want people there to see your show so pr is what helps you get that that's for sure we definitely want people there do you think that traditional pr gets people to shows nowadays like newspaper articles and radio interviews I think in a sense, I think it can really uh, bolster the numbers and as far as creating interest. Um, I, know, I know for a fact that when I read an article in my local paper or 
local publication about somebody that's performing at my favorite venue that I may have not heard of. Um, I always read the article and, and I think to myself, oh, does that sound like someone I might be interested in? And there's been a few times where I've gone and checked out a new band at, at my favorite venue and really liked what they were doing and, you know, became a fan um, mm. just from that one performance. So I think it can really help you grow interest from people that may have never heard of you, especially if you're going to a town that's got a favorite venue like my town does and, and, I, um, and that people follow the venue and, and know that they put on quality acts and performances and they'll already be interested. Um, they just need to learn more about you to see if they're interested in your act specifically. So yeah, I think it can really help. But also what I tell my artists is that event promotion is super helpful. And a lot of people forget that promotion is a part of PR. They mm. think of PR as just, you know, publicity and pitching and press. Right. Um, but promotion and marketing is also a part of that. And just like making sure your event is listed in, in event calendars and that people are aware of it, it, it plays a huge role as well. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Whenever I am visiting a town, I'm always looking in those places. Like, is there some cool band I could check out while I'm here? Oh, Something yeah. Here anyway. totally. Yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a great tool to use. Now, I, I asked this question of everybody that comes on the show. So do you have any resources that you can recommend, whether it's like for music business, music writing, even like self-development, you know, books, blogs, podcasts, anything that you would recommend that has really helped you kind of stay up with the pulse of the music industry and, and be a, a better musician and a better business person? Yeah, totally. Um, I follow several <laughs> blogs and podcasts and things of that nature um, to learn about music industry and business and entrepreneurship. Um, one of my favorites is actually a friend of mine. She started a blog called The Crafty Musician. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's... It sounds uh, really familiar. Yeah, it's really focused towards DIY musicians. Um, so like musicians that are plugging away and doing it themselves, doing everything themselves. And she has lots of great interviews and articles about uh, different ways to boost your business as an artist and how, and she does it herself. So, you know, she has lots of experience in talking about the ways that she has grown as an artist and has grown her business as an artist. Um, so that's definitely a site to check out, The Crafty Musician. And also, I have recently fallen in love with this book called Girl Code. I don't know. Have you heard of it? I have not heard of it. Oh my gosh. It is the best book. I actually heard of it listening to another podcast that I listen to a lot. And um, they were talking about this book. And so I checked it out. And it turns out the author was actually in the music business. Um, mm. She got, she worked in recording and producing and like was hands-on deep in the music business and she's taken her experience and she really focuses on female entrepreneurs um, and talking about how women can build each other up and how there's enough success to go around that it shouldn't be tearing each other down. And um, just being an entrepreneur and the, and the interesting things that you face. Um, and it's really cool that she has a music background. So a lot of things really tie in to you know, being an artist as well. And I think it's a really cool book. It's called Girl Code. I got to check that out. That sounds like it's right up my alley for sure. Yeah, it's really great. She's got lots of great interviews in the book and lots of great tips. And I have just fallen in love with it. 
Cool. Cool. I always love it when someone brings up a new resource that I haven't heard from, you know, because everybody's like, you know, the artist way and yeah, all the, you know, all the normal, all the good ones. Books. Yeah. But no, it's great when, when I hear of a new one. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. So can you let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you if they want to, you know, potentially hire you for a campaign or just connect with you online? Sure. Um, my website is www.pressedfreshpr.com. Um, and that's got all of our information. It's got ways to get in touch with me, email, contact form, um, the packages and services we offer, a little bit about the company and the background of how it got started, um, videos, all kinds of stuff that you can find there. Frequently asked questions are a popular one. Um, just all kinds of good information. And then social media. I'm at, at Pressed Fresh PR on all social media. So be sure to check those out too. Hey, you got all of them. And it's, <laughs> it's Pressed, P-R-E-S-S-E-D, right? Pressed. Yes, that is correct. PR. Thank you so much, Don. This has really been helpful. I just, I love talking to PR people that are like on the ground, you know, with bands and all your really like working directly with bands in how, and, and artists and how they can, you know, really get their message out there and get their music out there. So thank you so much for all of the expertise that you shared today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you as well. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com. With editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.